I'll just say this, it is, um, it's good to be home. We, uh, we drove uh, back from Anchorage yesterday uh, during the day, and we're driving, and uh, Julie and I are driving, and the girls were in the back seat of the truck, and we're, we're heading down and um, got onto the peninsula, and I looked at Julie and I said, it's amazing how my, it's like my blood pressure is just going down, down, down as we get closer to home. If, if, you know, it's one of those things for us, it's, um, this is the first time that we've really traveled away from uh, our home here in Alaska to be somewhere else and then have like come back after a while. And it's kind of like the, we're just relishing the being home of this, watching our kids experience that and everything. So it's, for us, it's just, it's, it is so good to be home. It's also, it's a new year, right? It's a, it's a, a, a transitional kind of moment. And for us as a family, we've uh, had this tradition of uh, at the beginning of, of each year, and this was something that we did at Front Range when we were in Colorado, this is something that has become a rhythm for us uh, as we've kind of led in this moment, uh, is to at the beginning of each new year, we have a, a specific set of questions that we ask. And we're trying to do is saying, God, what is it you want to accomplish? God, what is it that, that you're trying to accomplish in us? What is it that you want to see this year look like? What changes do you want to see happen? What things do you want us to lean in on? Uh, what, are, what is it that you want to see happen? Because I think there's this, there's this tension that exists at the beginning of every new year. Right? It's, it's, it's a fresh start. Right? It's, it's, a, it's a new beginning. It's a, it's a blank page where we're looking at a brand new year, and yet... And yet we are who we are, right? It's, I think the longer we go in life, we start to realize that, that, that we may enter into new situations, we may enter into new years and, and new seasons of life. And, and we look in the mirror and we look at who we are and it's like, man, we're bringing all of that with us, right? And so it's, it's an opportunity for us to pause at the beginning of this year and say, um, how does this year look different? What is it that God wants to do in me to, to not just change my circumstances this year, but, but change who I am? to understand what that pressure looks like. For us, we, as a people, we come in and it's like, so we make resolutions. And Dan talked about what that looks like and some of the habits and those things. I'm like, that's, um, these are good things to be thinking about because the, the pressure that we feel with this new year, um, we, we say, so here's the resolution, right? So this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to accomplish. Here's, here's this goal that I have. Um, we, we choose resolutions. We make resolutions. Or for some of us, we've gotten into a habit where we choose a word of the year or a phrase of the year. So we're just going like, to allow that to be the lens that we look at this year through. And so those are all good things. But they miss, uh, sometimes they miss uh, some specific components or some helpful components. Uh, for us, I think part of the problem with resolutions, part of the problem with, with choosing a word of the year that says this is going to be my lens, this is going to be the thing I focus on, is um, it puts so much pressure on us, right? It puts so much pressure on behavior. It puts, puts so much pressure on who we are, this, this idea that it's, it's, it's about us pulling ourselves up. It's about us changing our behavior, modifying the way we operate, and, and somehow willing ourselves into this new way of doing and being. And the, the problem is, when we understand who Christ is, when we understand what transformation actually looks like, when we understand what, what it looks like for God to get a hold of us in a deeper kind of way, that there is this, there's a real tension that exists within this, uh, within this reality. We worry, and we stress about so many things, and we carry this weight that we were never meant to carry, and it's as if, in this moment, we have this opportunity to pause and say, what's the, instead of all the things, and all the, the, the many things that we can be worried about, What's the one thing? Like, what is it that, that God is trying to accomplish? And what, what's that bullseye? And so we talk, we're going to talk this morning about a process that, I, that I've learned over the years, a, a process of, of listening, of, of giving God a voice in this process, of, of what does it look like for us to, to learn from him, to understand that if we're making resolutions, that, um, that, that maybe what we need to think about, I think Dan gave some good advice, but to think about what it looks like for us to understand 
the why behind the resolution. For a lot of us, we make resolutions that are tied to behaviors or, or some sort of like physical attributes that we're trying to change or something along those lines. And um, we don't take the step of saying, what is it that I really want out of this? Right? To say, look, I want to get in better shape or I want to, w- want to accomplish this thing or I want to do this thing without having this picture that says, this is why I want to do that. Right? This is the bullseye. This is that compelling and clear picture of, of what it is that I'm moving towards. This is, this is what I want. Or we have these resolutions and, and we don't go and do the work of, of creating accountability for ourselves to make sure that we stay on track or, or developing the supporting habits and disciplines that go around that to say, I'm actually accomplishing what I set out to accomplish. If we're the type of person that, that's choosing our words of the year, um, let's, let's do something that's, that's more than just inspirational, that's more than just inspiring, that, that actually takes the next step and says, what, says, what does it look like to, to operationalize this word in my life? Right? If it's a phrase or it's, it's a word, and for me, I actually have a word this year that, that I think God has placed before me that's like, this is the thing that, that I need to focus on this year. And it can't just be a word that I'm, that I'm, that I'm inspired by, but that I have to find ways to operationalize it, to, to, to take some time and open up Scripture and do a study around that word or around that topic and say, what is it that, that God has said over the years to others about this same thing? What are, what are some of the stories of those who have gone before us in the faith that, as they have wrestled with this same kind of question, to have rhythms of, of studying the Bible, to say, if we're going to choose a word or a phrase, we're going to make this thing something about, that's going to kind of be the lens that we look at this world through through this year, and what does it look like for us to say every month I'm going I'm to study some section of Scripture related to that specific word and, and create a rhythm and, and start to develop some habits to really listen to what God is saying about that, to not just be inspired, but to, to operationalize, to actually put it to work in our lives. There's an encouragement that is going to be woven throughout the message this morning as we talk about this process. And, and we've, we've talked in, around the edges of this before, this idea of being proactive. There's this tendency that we have of, of making resolutions or choosing words that are reactive, right? It's like, well, last year was, was marked by such and such a thing, or, or I developed this habit last year, or, or I kind of like fell into this, this rhythm and I, I want to get out of it. And so we, we choose a resolution or we develop a set of resolutions or we choose words that are, that are reacting against where it is that we're coming from. And the encouragement I'm going to give, and you're going to hear it so many different times and so many different ways as we go through this message, is to say, what does it look like instead of reacting to what was? to look ahead and say, this is where I want to be, right? This is what God's calling me to. This is what life is supposed to look like. And so I'm going to make a proactive decision. I'm not just going to react to my circumstances. I'm not just going to react to whatever it is that I'm experiencing. I'm going to say, this is what God has for me, and I want in on that. And so I'm going to live towards that thing. So, so making our resolutions, making our words of the year, whatever it is that, that we do in this kind of transitional moment, to make it more than just reacting to what's in the past, but to say, I'm going to take hold of something, right? That I'm actually moving toward something. And so regardless of how we approach this new year, regardless of, of what it is that, that this new year is going to be marked by, I think we have to let God speak. Right? We have to let God speak into this to, to say, God, would, would you paint me the picture of the why? Right? If we're talking about resolutions and wanting to understand what's behind them, to, to say, God, would you give me a picture, like, a, a vision of where you're trying to take me that, that I can hold on to when I'm tempted to give up on my resolution by the end of January like most people do. Say, God, what is it that, that you're calling me to? What does it look like for me to, to live this out over the course of this year? What is, what is, as we enter into 2021, what does life look like to have this clear picture, this, this compelling picture of, of, of where it is that we're heading? To say, regardless of how we approach this new year, regardless of how we approach this new season, to, to let God speak. And so that's what this is. This, this conversation that we're going to start this morning is this opportunity to, to, for us to, to give God a voice in the process, to say, 
if, if I'm trying to go towards something, then, then what is it that, that's not just about what I want to go towards, but what is it that God wants me to move toward? It's a process for giving God a voice in the process. And so we're going to look at one of my favorite, if I'm allowed to have favorite passages of Scripture, this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Um, Philippians 3 and just 7 verses, 7 to 14. And Paul writes as he's writing to this, uh, this Philippian church, he says, but whatever gains, right? He's just been talking about who he is. He's been talking about the, the, the past that he has and all the things that, that if he was going to brag about who he was that, that he could pull out and say, look, this is why I'm, I'm a pretty good guy. This is why I'm, I'm pretty safe. This is kind of all the things that would have been in the past to my credit. Right? He's talking about not just brokenness. He's not talking about the, the things that he's ashamed of. He's talking about good things too. Right? He says, all of that, right? That's, that's all in the past. In verse 7, as he starts in this, this, this little section of the conversation, he says, but whatever, whatever of these things, whatever that, that was in my past that, that felt like a gain to me, whatever were gains to me, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ, right? That his perspective has been radically altered, that, that the way that he looks at the world is, is radically different because Christ, Christ met him on the road, right? That, that he invited him in, into this new way of living. And so Paul, probably not writing at the, at the beginning of a new year, Right? But he's writing to a people, and he's saying in some ways what we're talking about is, is a transitional moment where, where what lies ahead could be different, right? where, where what lies behead, ahead is, is different than what's behind. So he says, this is the perspective that I have, that, that look, there's all sorts of things that were good, there's all sorts of things I'm ashamed of about my past, but Christ, right? But Christ, and so he has this, this sense of perspective that, that the value of the good things and the impact and the, and the pain of, of the, the difficult things are, are all tempered by who Christ is. And then he continues, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ perspective at the transition, perspective in the, as he's heading into the new, whatever that new is that he's talking about, whatever new is that, that he's inviting the, the Philippians to, to think about differently. He says, I consider everything a loss, which would mean the good and the bad, right? For some of us, we, we have a tendency to, to just think about, I just want to leave the bad stuff in the past, and I'm not going to dwell on those things, but, but sometimes there's a tendency that we have to say, look, I, th- I think I did pretty well, and I'm just going to dwell in that pretty well and be okay with, with the okay and, and not move forward into the purpose that God has called me to. Paul says everything, the good and the bad, the success and the failure. He says, lay it all down. Because he says, what's, what's ahead is more important than what's behind. Right here at Birchridge, we, we talk this, these three simple phrases. We, we say, you matter your next step matters, and we're here to help. For, for us to understand that, that the next step involves some letting go, and the next step involves some laying down, to, to understand that the next step means that, that what's next is better than what was, and for us to understand that in this transitional kind of moment, it's, it's a beautiful perspective. It's a beautiful moment at, the, at this moment of transition. He says, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. We're talking identity now. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And there's two ways that I've come to understand what Paul is talking about in this passage. That I think there's, there's a tendency for us to, to maybe look at it one way or the other, but to understand that this journey that we're on, to understand that, that this, this, this road that, that God has marked out for us, this, this journey of, of this transformational relationship that we have with God, that, that as we go and as we take steps and as we move forward, that, 
that it's both a battle, right? That there is a, there is a battle that we are fighting, that there are things that come our way that, that require something of us that, that's not just taking a next step sometimes, but it's actually us actually fighting our way through difficult things. It's fighting our way through the things that, that, that come our way that, that require a certain amount of just grit. But it's also a journey, right? That it's not always a battle, that sometimes it's just one step after another after another, that, that we have these, these two modes that we operate in. We have to be able to see it in both ways. Paul is saying, look, it's, it's, a, it's a battle, right? It's a fight sometimes. We have to not just lay things down. Sometimes we have to throw things down and say, this cannot be true. This is incompatible with, what's, with, where, I've, with where I'm going. To understand the battle and the journey. And he says, Christ Jesus, my Lord. Right? To understand what this looks like. To, to, to understand Lord, the lordship of Jesus Christ. To say, I put it all, I put it all down before him. Good, bad, the, the mistakes and the, and the things that I think that I did that were pretty wise. The good choices that I made. I'm going to lay all those things down. Those things that I would count a credit to myself. I'm going to lay it down and say, I want Christ. And I want to be found in him. I want my identity not to be wrapped up in what, what, whatever it was that's in my past. So the, the, maybe the mistakes and the, and the brokenness that I've allowed to define myself or, or the successes and the things that I've done well that, that I've allowed to become the way that I see myself. And Paul says, I lay it down so that I can be found in Christ. All right, what a beautiful moment. You talk about the, the beginning of a brand new year, the beginning of, of a new decade and, and all those kinds of things to say, I want to be found in him. Right? I want to lay all of those things down. I want, to, I want to let God do the work in me to, to pry my hands off of the things that I allow to define myself. And I want to just simply be found in him regardless of my circumstances, regardless of, of what it is that I've experienced. So it's a battle and it's a journey. And so Paul continues in verse 10, beginning to, to help us understand what it is that, that he is journeying towards, for us, for us to understand what it is that we're journeying, journeying towards. He says in verse 10, I want to know Christ. Yes, the, to, to know the power of his resurrection and, and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in death, and so somehow re, uh, attaining to the resurrection from the dead. If you're one who writes in the margins of your Bible, you could write next to that. This is Paul's bullseye. Right? This, is, this is the bullseye for Paul. He says, look, this is what I'm chasing after. When I talk about a proactive decision, when I say, what is it that my life is oriented towards? What is it that, that I'm willing to lay everything else down so that I can attain? What is it that, that I want to accomplish? And Paul says, look, it's, it's to know Christ, right? It's to really know Christ, to, to not just know Christ because it, it, it seems like a, a, something that, that I should know about or, or that maybe I might get out of him what I want to get out of him, but to know him, right? To understand what it looks like to, to, to experience the power of his resurrection, to understand what it looks like to, to be found in him so that we don't have to fear death because Christ is at work in us making a way through death for us to know the power of his resurrection, but then also to participate in his sufferings, right? To be, to be transformed by the difficult things, to, to, to allow the, the, the things that, that happen in our lives to, to make us different kinds of people. Paul wants to know Christ, but not just know about Christ. He wants to know Christ. He wants to participate in the things that, that Christ participated in. He wants to chase after what Jesus did to understand and know the power of his resurrection, to understand and know what it looks like to participate in his sufferings, to, to move beyond knowing about Jesus, to, to, to allow the knowing to actually change him. Right? That's the bullseye. Paul says, if, if, if there's anything else that I accomplish, it's all garbage in, in relation to this thing, to know Christ, to be found in him in that kind of way. For us, I think we have to get honest about the, what is it that we came for. 
right, to, for us to say, what is it that, that I want out of Jesus? This, this relationship that I'm moving towards, is, is it, what is it that I think I'm going to get out of this? And for us, it's probably not the two things that, that Paul listed here to say, I want to understand the power of resurrection. We might, we might want to have some hope when it comes to death. I get that. But it's probably not participation in his sufferings, right? It's probably not that this, this idea is, is kind of wrapped up in, well, I want to suffer like Jesus suffered. Paul says, I so want to know Christ. I so want to experience him. I so want to be found in him that, that I'm going to live in, in, in a way that, that allows me to, to be marked by the kinds of things that marked his life. So Paul continues in verse 12. He says, not that I've already obtained this, right? This, this honest moment as Paul's writing to this Philippian church, he says, not that I've already obtained this or that I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Right? There are so many phrases within this, within this passage that would be worth memorizing if you haven't memorized them in the past to, to say, I, I, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me, to understand that there is purpose, to understand that there are next steps, to understand that, that we're not just left where we were, that, that God has a bigger vision for us, that God has a greater purpose for us than, than just where we're at right in this moment. And I love that Paul, on the, the foundation of, of honesty and, and this sense that it's, that he's, he's, not, he's, he's unafraid and he's undeterred by failure, right? He says, look, I haven't gotten there yet. That I'm not calling down from the top of the mountain saying, if you could just do what I do, then you'd be okay. Paul's saying, look, I'm on this journey too. I'm in this battle too. I'm fighting the same kinds of things that you're fighting. I'm, I, I'm, I'm tempted and I struggle and, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm human and I'm going through all these kinds of things. He says, it's, it's, not that I, it's not that I've obtained it. It's not that I've already figured it all out, but, but what I do is I press on. Right? Even in the midst of my failures, even when I get it wrong, even when, when today doesn't look like what my dream was for 2020, that, that I press on and I continue to chase after the purpose for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And he continues at the, end of verse, or at the beginning of verse 13. He says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it. Right? It's this, this healthy sense of I'm not there yet. For us, I think we put such pressure on figuring it all out and solving the problems and, and accomplishing things and checking things off of our list that, that we struggle in that in-between part of the story. The, the part of the story is, this, look, I'm, I'm not there yet. And we can either give up or we can press on, right? We have a decision to make in that moment. That is this, this for Paul, a healthy sense of not there yet that, that's not discouraging, right? He's not discouraged by it, that, that we're actually inspired as we hear Paul say, look, I'm, I'm not there that he's painting this picture of the bullseye. He's painting the picture of the, of the destination that he's chasing after that says, look, even when I don't get it right, I'm still focused on the thing that I'm called to, that there is a purpose for me, that, that Christ called me for a reason. So what does Paul do in that moment? What does Paul do in the moment that he says, like, I haven't yet taken a hold of it. So, so what's Paul going to do? Does he, does he give up? Does, does he move on to some sort of different pursuit or... The second part of verse 13, he, sa- he says this, but one thing, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has, taken, uh, has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining toward what's ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What does Paul do? Does he give up? Does he find a different pursuit? Does he, does he try and solve the problem on his own? Paul says, I take the next step, right? I press on, I move forward, that, that there's discouragement, that there's things that I, count to my, that I could potentially count to my credit, that he says, what, is, what, what do I do in this moment? 
He takes the next step. He, he leans in on the parts of the, the story that he can control, the decisions that he makes, the, the things that are his responsibility. He says, look, I have one job. It's to forget what lies behind and, and press on towards what's ahead, that he leans in on what he can do and then trusts that God's going to do his part. And for me, one of the things that has drawn me to this passage over the years is, is this frustrating reality that, that Paul says, one thing I do. And when you look at the sentence that follows that, it feels like two things. Right? That, that like, like, Paul, that's actually two things. You say you, you let go of and you take hold of. That's, that's two. But, but I think Paul is, is helping us understand that to take hold of requires letting go, that it's really one motion, that, that's a move from what, what, what lies behind to what lies ahead. And Paul says, so the one thing I do is I make a decision about it. Right? In this transitional moment, in the midst of this tension between what was and what could be and what will be, that, that I make the choice and I say, I'm going to let go of this side. I'm going to take hold of the other. That, that one thing I do, I press on. I take the next step. For Paul, he knows what that next step looks like because he knows what the bullseye is. He knows what the, what the destination is that, that he's going towards. He knows what it is that he's fighting for to know Christ, and, and then to press on towards Christ-likeness, to, to find life and the purpose that Christ has for him. And so for Paul, it's this clarifying reality that he says, so I, I know what I have to do, right? That if, if that's the bullseye, if that's the battle line, if, if that's the journey that I'm called to, if, if that's what these next steps look like, then I know what it is that I'm supposed to do, that, that I have the one thing that I have to do. But it starts with a proactive decision about what the future is supposed to look like. It starts with allowing God to speak into his life, to, to allow God to, to, to cast a vision for him that, that, that gives Paul this compelling picture of the why. That He says, look, I'm not going through ideal circumstances, that there are things that have gotten difficult, that there are things that, that will become more difficult, and I'm going to face intense persecution as I move forward. But Paul says, God gave me a picture of what could be. Right? God gave me a picture of what it is that he's calling me towards, that, that God gave me a picture of, of this purpose that he's placed in my life, that, that he's invited me to, to pursue a life that's ever more and more and more like the life that, that Christ lived. And so Paul says, whatever it is that I have to give up, whatever it is that I have to lay down to make that happen, whatever it is that, that I have to take hold of, that I'll make that one thing decision over and over and over again because I know what it is I'm chasing after. So for us this morning, as we allow God to speak into this new year, we say, what is it that, that we're called to? What kind of resolutions are we going to make? What kind of words are we going to choose that, that are going to be the foundation or the lens that we're looking at this world through? What is it that, that this year is supposed to be marked by? For us to pause and ask the right kinds of questions, for us to pause and say, God, we want you to speak. We want to hear what you have for us, that, that we want our one thing, this, this focus that we have for 2020 to, to, to be marked by this relationship that we have with God to allow him to speak, to paint the picture, to call us forward, to, to, to stand with us in the battle, to fight our battles for us as, as we chase after this one thing. So there's four questions that we're going to spend time looking at. The first is this, is, is, is what do you want from God? Right, to actually start with some honest reflection, for us to actually to, to start with this, this thought of what is it that, that I think I'm going to get out of God? Right? That, that if I take the next step, if, if I enter into this relationship with him, or if I, if I take him up on this invitation, what is it that I think I'm going to get out of this? Right? This is all, maybe not all of us will have the, all four of these questions that we have to wrestle with. We might have something in each of these four, but there might be one as we, as we go through here that says, this is a question that I'm going to have to wrestle with. 
What is it that we want from God to, to allow God to meet us where we are, to, to, to be honest before him and say, God, this is what I think I'm supposed to get out of this. Whether it's some sort of security or, or some sort of answer or whatever it is that, that we came for. For us, this could be a gut check. For us, this could be a gut check to, to have a follow-up question, maybe to help us clarify the way we answer this question is, um, if I got what I wanted from God, if I got what I wanted from God, would it change anything about how I actually live my life, right? Would it change anything about who I actually am, right? So the, the, the question would be, is it transformational or transactional, right? Does it, does it change me or does it just change my circumstances, right? What is it that we want from God? to move beyond something that's just tied to circumstances, to, be, to move beyond something that, that's just tied to kind of the, our, our present experience to say, God, I want something that's deeper. I want something that actually changes who I am from the inside out that doesn't just change my behavior. It doesn't just change my circumstances. It doesn't just make life more convenient for me. But God, I want something that, that helps me be a different kind of person, that helps me take the next step in this transformational journey that you've marked out for me to start with the question, to, to, to start with a, this honest reflection. That we ask the question, what is it that we want from God? Question two, what's holding you back? Right, what's holding you back? And this is the part that we probably can't answer for ourselves. We'd love to think that, that we could answer this. For, for some of us, we might have a thought about what this might look like. Uh, for most of us, this might be a blind spot. Uh, this might be something that, that we just can't see on our own. This is why it requires prayer, it requires reflection, it requires us listening to God and maybe listening to some other people around us that, that might help us understand what this, what this thing is that's, that's holding us back, this, this thing that's, that, that might be missing in our lives. To ask ourselves the question, what area is, is it that, that God's calling us to surrender to him, to, to focus towards him, to, to allow him to, to work, to allow him to take control of, to, to say that there is this thing that when I start to move forward, I run into the same issues over and over and over again that this, this one thing has become a stumbling block for me. This one thing is that thing that I can't let go of in order to take hold of the thing that, that God is calling me to. But that my next step is, is, is stopped because of the one thing that I won't let go of. To ask the question, to allow God to speak into this, this part of the process, to say, this is the thing that's holding you back. Right, this, is, this is an invitation, by the way, not to guilt. This is an invitation to, to moving forward in relationship with God, to, to getting past some of the things that, that keep us from taking that next step. To understand that, that this isn't something that's designed to make us feel bad about ourselves or make us feel worse about our circumstances or, or kind of add guilt on top of shame and all those kinds of things. But, but it's an opportunity to say, God, that, that if there's a thing that's holding me back, if there's this thing that, that, that's keeping me from taking the next step, if there's this one habit or this, this one set of circumstances or there's this one memory or this one thing that, that, that just keeps holding me back, keeping me from taking that next step, God, this year, 2020, I want to let go of that, right? That, that I want to move forward, that this is an invitation to grow closer to God by letting him show us what our growth areas actually are for us to, to take those things and, and then to, to know where it moves from being a blind spot to, to maybe a weakness or something that, that we can actually deal with and say, God, I want to deal with that. God, I don't want to be marked by the same kinds of things. I, I want to let go of the things that are holding me back to, to understand what that looks like because the next question is this, what do you need to let go of, right? Question one, what do you want from God? Question two, what's holding you back? Question three, what do you need to let go of? What is it that, that you're holding on to I think sometimes we, we allow ourselves or we trick ourselves into thinking that the things that are holding us back are, are things that, that are holding on to us. 
right? that we might find that in, in question two with what's holding us back. But there are other times, and there are other, reality, there are other things that we experience, there are other things that are true of our lives that, that it's not just about something holding us back or something holding on to us. It's, it's addressing the fact that, that we're holding on to some things too. Or that we've allowed some things to, 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 to be a thing that we, that we hang on to. For Paul, this is his one thing. These last two questions are, are his, his, his one thing. That For some of us, we're, we're holding on to things that, that we need to let go of. Some of that might be good. Right? Some of that might be things that are, that are successes in the past, things that, that, we're, that we're really proud of, but, but we're staying in that. Instead of letting that be the moment that from that platform or from that foundation that we take the next step, we simply say, look, this is what I did. Right? Look at the choices that I made. Look at the sacrifices that I made. Look, look at what I accomplished for God. God, look, look at what all I've done. We hold on to that, and we, we hold on to that so tightly that we can't even take the next step. Right? We, can't, we can't hold on or take hold of the, the other thing. To, to understand that um, it might be good or bad, it might be triumphs or it could be failures, right? Triumphs or failures, those, those past things can, can hold us back either way, that we can get stuck either way. The reality is the things that we hold on to, right? Those things that, that we need to let go of are usually the things that we've allowed to move beyond just attributes about us or, or decisions that we've made or past experiences that, that we've lived through. And we've actually allowed those things to become things that define us, right? That's why we hold on to them so tightly, that our identity is wrapped up in the things of our past. And so the question is this morning, what is it that we need to let go of? What is it that, that we need to let go of? Because it's, the, the question really is, what is it that we're allowing to define us, right? Because we can, we can look at this and say, God, I would, I would take that next step, or I would follow where you're leading, or, or I would do what it is that you're calling me to, but you have to understand who I am, Right? This is why I can't do what you're calling me to. This is, this is the thing that we hold up as, as evidence to God that, that we couldn't possibly take that next step. And here at the beginning of 2020, I think it's fully appropriate for us to, to pause and say, what is it that I'm holding up in that place? What is it that I'm allowing to define me instead of being found in Christ? This is a chance to place that thing, that thing that you're holding on to before Jesus and then allow him to define who you are. And I promise that definition is going to be better than any definition that you've come up with up to this point. That, that anything that, that you've allowed to define yourself or anything that you've used as the, this is who I am, any identity that you have that's not in Christ Jesus, I guarantee you the identity that you have in him is better. What are we going to let go of? Right? What is it that I need to let go of? Because the reality is, is that's something that you're allowing to hold you back. Right? It's either something you're allowing to define you or it's something that, that you're allowing to hold you back. Or, it's, or maybe it's both. What do you need to let go of and what do you need to take hold of? That's question four. Paul's one thing. I I let go of what's behind and I take hold of what's ahead. The follow-up question for that would be what is it that God's already doing? What is it that that God's already doing that maybe you can't even see because you haven't paused to look and see if he's actually at work in your life? What is it that that God is already doing or or has, has done that you need to take hold of, that you need to accept? For some of us, it might be forgiveness, right? That, that there may be this thing that, that we keep coming back to God and say, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that we have all these regrets and we have all this guilt and this shame about something that's, that we've done in our past. And we've placed that before him over and over and over again, asking for his forgiveness. It could be that for us to take the next step that we actually have to just simply accept it. Right, that, that if we have asked God to forgive us of that sin, if we've asked God to forgive us for, for the, the, those failures that we've done in the past, that the, the second piece of asking for forgiveness is taking hold of that forgiveness. Right, so it could be 
It could be for some of us that, that there is something that God has already forgiven and yet we are holding on to it. And it's keeping us from moving forward. That, that this, this thing that we're holding on to, this, this past experience, this failure that we've done, that, that we've asked God to forgive us and we just simply haven't taken hold of that forgiveness yet to allow that forgiveness to define us, for, to allow that forgiveness to propel us forward. It could be provision. It could be that God is already at work caring for us and meeting our needs and, and we just can't see it yet. It could be that, that, that God has given us the answer that we've asked for, or at least he's answered the question that we've asked. Maybe we haven't gotten the answer that we wanted, but we continue to ask God the question over and over and over again. What is it that we need to take hold of? Is it forgiveness? Is it provision? Is it answers? What is it that, that God has already done that we just simply haven't yet taken hold of? And in closing, to understand we use this phrase here at Birchridge often. You matter. Your next step matters. And we're here to help. And the reason that we talk in those terms, the reason that, that, that those phrases matter, the reason that, that all of that matters is because it's, it's an opportunity that you matter means that you have an identity that's, that's in Christ Jesus. Right? That, that you are probably more than what you would imagine yourself to be. That you're, you're not just a sum of your mistakes and failures and the, and the broken things that are part of your life. That, that, you're, that you're invited to more. That, that God loves you so much that he sent his son to make a way for you to, to, to not just make you feel guilty about where you are, but to meet you where you are and to, to help you take the next step and the next step and the next step to, to, to create an opportunity for you to, to chase after the bullseye, this upward call in Christ Jesus. That, that Paul, as he's just celebrating and, and looking at what it is that God's done, he says that, that I mattered. I mattered so much that Christ showed up for me, that he made a way for me, that, that he invites me to be identified and to find my identity in him and not in, in whatever it is that I can somehow cobble together for myself to define myself. That you matter. This, this is an opportunity to understand that, that we can see ourselves as God sees us, or at least we can try to be found in Christ Jesus to think in terms of the next step, that, that it's not just about the destination, but it's about the next step and the journey and the next step and the next step, to, to understand that your next step matters. I think sometimes we think in terms of steps that are just way too big, that there might be such thing as too big of a step, but there's no such thing as too small of a step, right? To, to inch forward, to, to kind of fearfully say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna in faith take this next step, and it might feel like a small thing, but it, but it could be the big thing that cracks everything open for you to get more consistent in the reading of scripture, to get more consistent in the gathering together, to, to get more consistent in listening to God through prayer, to think in terms of that next step, to think through what does it look like for me to not just accomplish the big goal, but what does the next step look like? And so it could be that in 2020, our steps aren't huge steps, but our steps are the next step in the right direction. And then we're here to help to understand that we're part of a community, to understand that there are people around us that are going to help us get there, to, to get people around you to help, that as you wrestle with these questions, as you listen to God about, about what he wants 2020 to be marked by, say, then who do I need around me that's going to help me get there? Right? Who is it that I need around me to, to help me get to the point that, that God is calling me to? to understand that we are here for this, right? That, that we exist to help you, that when you look around this room, when you look at this church, that, that God has placed people around us so that we can help each other get to where God is calling us to get to. You matter. Your next step matters. We're here to help.